three things I've found in the last decade or so that I believe every human being is, is, is looking for. Number one, I believe that every human being wants to know that they're unique. We, we, I think intrinsically, we all have this deep desire to have a belief. There is something about me, and it's not about pride. It's not be very clear. I believe there are many of us that have thing, issues with pride and ego. I'm one of those guys, so I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying there is an intrinsic thing about us, and regardless of anyone's faith, belief, or anything else, that I think when we see ourselves, I believe there's something we all desire to believe and identify that is significant and unique about us that nobody else in the world has. Not because we are better, actually because we are equal, we actually have a uniqueness inside of us. I think that's, that's number one. I've never met a person that said, actually, I don't care if there's anything different about me. I just wanna be like everybody else. I've, lit, I've never met that person in my life, right? Major announcement time. Check this out, I'm so excited. March 7th through the 10th, 2024, out here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, there is an event called the Conscious Investor Growth Summit. And I will be one of the speakers at that event. I am so excited to be part of that and speaking alongside so many amazing speakers. Get ready to elevate your life at the Conscious Investor Growth Summit. Picture this, thought leaders, seasoned investors, world-class visionary entrepreneurs all in one place sharing their insights to transform your life. Don't miss out on the chance to build purposeful relationships and connect with like-minded people. Make sure that you secure your spot now because seats are limited. Go to Conscious Investor Growth Summit. Com. Rocky, you're a husband, father, author, keynote speaker, coach, consultant, entrepreneur. You're the founder of Wiser Sons and so much more, man. Thank you for your time, dude. I appreciate it. Man, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be able to, to spend some time with you today. Yeah, man. I, I love to go back to start things off with my show. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, great question. So uh, I was born in Kansas, but I only lived there for about a week or so. So I don't really claim Kansas. I came to Texas after that. And I've been okay. in Texas my whole life. So um, I nice. uh, Dallas, the Dallas area mostly is kind of where my my grandparents live there. So that was kind of where I always came back to. Um, I, uh, I went to uh, my childhood was a little a little unconventional, as I call it, like, my grandparents uh, were kind of always home based for me, my mom, my parents got divorced, when I was young, um, went to 13 schools before I graduated high school. Uh, moved a bunch, um, and uh, you know, kindergarten in one city, then uh, the rest of kindergarten about 30 miles south, then first grade about 400 miles south, first and second grade there, then moved 30 miles east um, for the start third grade, then back up to Dallas from San Antonio to um, to finish third grade, then Carrollton for fourth grade, Farmers Branch for fifth grade, Frisco for sixth grade, and back to my grandparents' house in seventh grade, and then kind of live with them from there through junior high and high school. So I tell you all that, just, you know, as I always tell folks, like it's not, at this point, I'm 40, you know, been married for, for 14 years, been through a lot of counseling, like not a sad story. It's just the story, right? Sure. Like it's just a, a part of, yeah. but I think I look back at all that. And, you know, for me, I didn't realize the first day of school didn't mean the first day out of school until seventh grade. Right. Like I didn't know it's a lot right. of things like that, that I just always thought, I guess is what you do. You move, you meet friends, you got to know how to talk. You got to know how to, to, how to be friendly and, and, and make friends in a really short amount of time. And so for me, for me, wow. childhood, that was, that was very much it. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. My grandparents are amazing. My mom and dad did everything that they could to love me with what they had and what they knew. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a, a lar large portion of that. There was a lot of survival, a lot of figure it out, a lot of at home by yourself, a lot of, you know, why, why do I live with my grandparents? But my parents don't, I don't live with them. Why is that? Why is everybody else seem to live with their, their parents? Why is that? And so I think things like that growing up for sure were huge factors in who I am today, how I think today, what I do today, all the, all those things uh, play out. I love the way that you said that it's not a sad story. It's just the story. And and I think that's so important to, to hold uh, to say, because I think so many people hold on to those victim mentality as they go through mm -hmm. life and get stuck, man, and not going anywhere. 
for you, you've been coaching in for over 15 years. You've coached over thousands of people. Like, how did you get into coaching? What was the the person or the drive that really got you to pursue that direction? Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, I um, really my whole life, I've, I've always been a people person, right? And, and almost, I think early on in my life, like maybe a de- to my detriment, like, like, do you need to be that big of a people person? Like, so, hey, why don't you just leave some people alone? So I think early on, but that, that was what I knew, like make friends, be friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think yeah. recognizing kind of looking back in my life, I think there's a lot of things that happened to us between the ages of six and 12, that what happens in that time frame to me, I've learned is very solidifying to how we operate as an adult. Good, bad, or indifferent. This is, not, this is not making a case for people's, they're, you know, saying everyone had a terrible life. But the reality is, is that what we experience and what we find to be true in that time frame is the catalyst for what we then determine is the truth for how we operate as an adult because that's when we were testing the world, right? We were testing yeah. everything we knew in that, in that time frame. So for me, it very much was, you know, if I could outthink you, outtalk you, outwit you, outschmooze you, outconvince you, uh, a, a phrase I have now, man, I wish I had this when I was in my 20s or 30s even. But uh, I think recognizing like I was so good at disclosure, but so terrible at mm. vulnerability. And what I mean by that is I was uh, great at disclosing some information to you that I was telling everybody else. And the reality was, is I actually wasn't telling you anything significant about me. I was just telling you the same story. So it made you feel as though we are now close and we are now friends. And so I, I know wow. you asked me about coaching, so I promise it goes together. But I think learning no, that no, and figuring good. that out, like it, it has led over the course of my life. I graduated college. I actually went to a summer camp. and was a summer camp director for about four years, left there. I was a on pastoral staff at a church for about four years uh, and did that. And then my wife and I kind of started our own entrepreneur journey back in 2009 as wedding photographers, because that makes perfect sense. Uh, and so we did that together <laughs> for about five years and really found out we were pregnant with our son. Um, in 2015, um, and really, my wife was like, "Hey, do we really want to shoot weddings the rest of our life and have kids and you know, be gone every Saturday?" I was like, "And we, at that point, we were shooting like half of our weddings were destinations, so we were gone half the time." And like, I don't think so. And so, oh, wow. my wife, being the amazing person she is, said, "If you could do anything, what would you want to do?" And I, you know, I definitely didn't say this eloquently, but I like to pretend that I did. Um, I said, "You know, if I could become an expert at anything, I'd want to spend my life attempting to become a people expert. If I could take my life experience, mm-hmm. which I, you know, and if I could take the last five years of therapy, if I could take eight years of ministry, which I just defined as deeply caring for people, if I could take the last eight years of entrepreneurship, like if I could jam all that together and say, how could I spend my days? And I would love to be able to be a people expert. If I could help individuals understand the freedom that comes." When we, when we allow ourselves to live vulnerably and we, we overthrow the stories that we tell ourselves that are not in fact true about who we are, I want to do that. Like I, that's the only way I found freedom. And so I don't want to help you because I'm an expert. I just want to help you because I have experience. And I think that has led me into the coaching space. I think more than anything, coaching, consulting, speaking, but really in that the passion is because I believe, I believe every human being knows exactly who we are. We just lack the language. We just don't, we just don't have the right words mm-hmm. to describe it because our story has been written by so many other people in our life. It's so convoluted. We, we don't have the clarity to be able to extract it. And so I, I hope and plan to spend the rest of my life helping individuals do that. It's not an age thing. It's not a demographic thing. It's not a, what industry are you in thing? Like human identity and value and worth is, is it doesn't care about what industry you're in. However, mm-hmm. I, I believe if I can help individuals seek that, find that I'm, I'm not, I'm not a magician. I'm not Harry Potter. I can't like, Ooh, I'm going to find something about you. You don't know, you know, I'm not a mind reader. I just, I just believe I've been given the ability to be able to ask the kinds of questions that will allow us to extract truth that you already have and know you've just forgotten the words. And that's for me is what drives me in the coaching space to be able to spend time with people doing that. Man, that is so good. I, I, I mean, I'm 43 
and just going back to where you talked about, you know, everything happens, you know, that we really remember that six to 12 year old, you know, when I, when I was 13, I had to fight my mom's boyfriend off and, and lots of mm-hmm. blood. And then I was in jail at 18 and bankrupted 21 and battle the addictions. And like, I had to go through therapy and, and even this, this year was going through counseling to figure out what the hell, man, why did all this stuff happen to me? Right. And like, yeah, had to really overcome all of that stuff. And now on the other side of that going, okay, you know, that's, it's the past it's over. And you know, my past other people's opinions can't define my future. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. man, it's, that's so good. You talk about that. There's, there's really three things that uh, everybody wants at their core. What are those three things and why are yeah. those three things so important? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, there's three things I've found in the last decade or so that I believe every human being is, is, is looking for. Number one, I believe that every human being wants to know that they're unique. We, we, I think intrinsically, we all have this deep desire to have a belief. There is something about me. And it's not about pride. It's not made very clear. I believe there are many of us that have thing, issues with pride and ego. I'm one of those guys. So I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying there is an intrinsic thing about us. And regardless of anyone's faith, belief, or anything else, that I think when we see ourselves, I believe there's something we all desire to believe and identify that is significant and unique about us that nobody else in the world has. Not because we are better, actually because we are equal, we actually have a uniqueness inside of us. I think that's, that's number one. I've never met a person that said, actually, I don't care if there's anything different about me. I just wanna be like everybody else. I've, li- I've never met that person in my life, right? So number yeah. one, we wanna be unique. Number two, I believe because of the way we were designed as human beings and our connection we desire to have with others, that we long to have that uniqueness affirmed and confirmed by others. The reason I use two words is because I think confirmation says, yes, it is true. And affirmation says it is true and it is good. And I think those mm-hmm. two things we long for, our uniqueness is not just, oh, you're awesome and different and let it go. Hey, you're awesome and you're different. There's something, about, there's something about Eric that is unlike anybody else in the world. And I want to confirm it is true and I want to affirm it is good. I think that is key and paramount mm-hmm. to us and our finding our worth and our value as human beings. And I think number three, yeah. if we can identify what's unique, we believe that it's true and we believe that it's good. That's simply confidence. Confidence is just the ability to look at something and believe it's good. Number three, Man. I believe every human being wants to find a way to take that uniqueness that is good and true and find a way to use it for good in the world, to see how mm-hmm. who we are is a direct impact and implication to those around us. And this is not a professional thing. This is a human thing. I want to know that I am unique and I want it to be confirmed and affirmed that it's good as a father. And I want to use that in the lives of my children because nobody else has the capacity to love my kids the way that I have the capacity to love my kids. Nobody can love Mm. my wife the way that I can love my wife. But if I am unclear about myself and I do not believe it is true or good, how do I expect it to be used for good in the lives of those that I care about most? And so for me, full circle, it goes back to then, how do I spend my days helping individuals have clarity about who they are, see that it's good, and find ways to use it and create impact in the world? Huge, man. I love that, man. Thank you for, for deep diving into that. Cause I think that's so true, man, that I think everybody really does like need those three things, at least, you know, in their life on that core yeah. there. And I think like doubt and fear, they're the two major things that really hold people back from stepping into what they were meant to be, what God created them to do. Mm-hmm. When it comes to doubt and fear, what is step one that folks need to take to eliminate that and, and be more confident in themselves? Yeah. Great, great question. 
You know, for me, I have a, I have a theory. I have a theory that I'm working through, um, and uh, the idea is this, that fear, doubt, obstacle, insecurity, anything that is preventing us from, ultimately anything that's preventing us from seeing that who we are is good is, is the gist. I think it comes mm. from, from this place. I believe there are two stories that are at play in our life at all times. There's the story told to us about us. <clears throat> there are things that have been told to Eric about Eric his whole life. And those statements typically follow things like they're very definitive language. You are always this. You are never this. You are so this. You are to this, T-O-O. That sort of language, those, all those stories through words and actions, there are many things that our parents said to us about us simply by the decisions they made, never their words, but they communicated stories about who we were. I think mm -hmm. that's one narrative that's constantly at play in every human being's life. The story is told to you about you. Easy exercise, start, get a, get a, get a piece of paper and a, and a, and a pen. I'm a, I'm a big write it down person. Make a list of every story that's ever been told to you about you. You will immediately find clarity as to why there is fear, obstacle, and security in your life because you recognize that you are actually living out a story that was communicated to you by somebody else that in fact was a greater representation of an insufficiency that the storyteller has then it is an insecurity about the character of the story. And I think for mm. oftentimes, for many of us, me, I, Rocky often has the things go through his head that says, Rocky, calm down. Like, Rocky, you're too intense. Rocky, you're too emotional. Rocky, you're not a real man. You can't be a real man and cry all the time. Why do you, you can't, you can't be empathetic and care. You can't, you, oh, you're Mr. Vulnerability now, huh? So it's so just so easy for you and everybody, all the stories that were told to me about me, right? So that's, that's part one. Part two is, man, what are all the stories that Rocky is telling Rocky about himself? What are the stories mm -hmm. I'm, what are the stories I'm, uh, we say to ourselves about ourselves? Hey, Rocky, look at his face. They're not into it. Hey, Rocky, this is the wrong group to be doing vulnerability workshops with. Hey, Rocky, look at, that's not going to work. Hey, you don't, you don't, you didn't, you don't work out as much as that guy does. He's not going to take you serious. Hey, D, like Rocky, you got a, you got a, you got a shelf behind you because your wife's a designer. It looks a little different. My boy here is rocking the American flag. Hey, it's maybe this is not a good fit. Maybe it's not right. All the things that go through your head. I used yep. to think that these two stories were like two pencil lines on a piece of paper that they just crisscrossed one time. And if I could find the, the intersection of that, then I could just unravel the story. I know that I can't change what was told to me about me, but I can very much control what I tell myself about myself. I could unravel it one mm -hmm. time and man, I'm good. I'm Gucci now, right? Like, let's go. I got confidence because it's not true. But I found over my life and my experience in the last decade or so working with folks, that it's kind of more like DNA. That these two mm -hmm. narratives and stories are woven together like a tapestry, constantly intersecting. And it's our obligation, I believe, and responsibility to not just make a list of every story told to me about me and the ones I tell myself about myself, but how rather than do I begin to unravel and unpack these narratives so that I can discover what is true. Because I have been mm -hmm. told my whole life, Rocky, you're too intense. And Rocky tells himself, Rocky, calm down. Look at their face, bro. They don't like all the questions. And Rocky has to unravel that regularly and say, wait a second, the story that is actually true, the fear is they're going to hate you. The truth is, Rocky, you are intense. And here's the kicker. Mm -hmm. And it is good. And I think that's where we get to confirmation and affirmation. We begin to unravel the stories around fear, doubt, obstacle, and security. It is a narrative that has been written on our behalf that we have taken in and said that we're going to live out instead. And our ability to begin to unravel that and find the truth and then recognize that it is good. Well, for me, that just becomes a daily practice. It's not a one-time thing mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Rocky's problems are solved. Rather, it's a daily practice of recognizing and reminding myself about what is good and true about who I am and how do I consistently see that being lived out.
but it's going to it's going to cause me to unravel the tapestry, to pull the thread, to uh, see the DNA over and over and over and over, so that I can be reminded about what's true. Man, come on. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Dude, I love this, man. And speaking of daily, like... What are those daily non-negotiables for you that kind of set the tone for the day when you wake up? Yeah, great question. So for me, uh, two things. So I, I say it's my daily five and the daily ledger. So my daily five, those are five things I'm committed to doing every day and ideally as soon as I wake up. It, it's kind of my way to say, look, I'm going to get five quick wins before the day starts, before anything reactive comes at me. How can I proactive my way into my life? So for me, uh, beat the sun up. Uh, so I wake up before the sun gets up. I don't care when it is, where I'm at, va- work days, vacations. Hey, get up before. The- if I can get up before the sun, I can do anything. So beat the sun up. Yeah. Uh, uh, the second one is uh, my daily ledger. So that's in my, I have a journal that I write in every day. And in that journal, I'm writing my affirmations. I'm writing my goals. I'm writing down people in my life that I care about. My reflection from the day before. I mean, I'm hitting that every day, seven days a week, no matter what. I'm going through writing those things down. Uh, number three is a hmm. workout. And I mean, here's a, here's a kicker for me, Eric. Uh, I have growing to learn that workout doesn't mean 60 minutes, 800 calories and killing yourself. Sometimes a workout means I did 15 pushups and we call it a day. That's what I could squeeze in, but it's, I got to do something. Yeah. I want to do something that morning. So workout, um, I want to, uh, train my brain. So it may be reading, it may be meditating. It may be a podcast, something. I just got 10 minutes to train my brain. Uh, and then lastly, my fifth one right now is to use my Spanish app. I'm using, I'm trying to, I'm trying to become fluent in Spanish. So I got my one, one lesson a day on that. So for me, we talk about daily habits, daily, daily things that I'm doing to keep myself. Number one, I'm, I'm hitting the daily five every day as often as possible. Number two is I'm, I'm utilizing the daily ledger that daily, it's, it's my, my kind of format of going, who am I? That's affirmations. So for me, that's how I use them. What are affirmations? Affirmations are statements of truth about who I am, not what I do, but about mm-hmm. who I am. And then I write my goals down underneath that. Goals are a representation of what it is I'm looking to accomplish because of who I am in my affirmations. So I've got six affirmations and 10 goals. I write those things down every single day with a group of people that I care about and so on. But for me, those are some daily habits, daily practice. I'm trying, I'm not trying to overcomplicate it. I don't want to make it something where it's unattainable. I don't listen. I also don't get it done every single day. Like I try, but some days it doesn't. And for me, that allows me to go, Hey, wait a second. Like today's day one. Like, I'm just going to, it's not, it's not, it's not a restart, right? There's some days I don't get a workout in. Oh, I got to start over tomorrow. No, bro, I've been working. I'm 40. I've been working out a long time. I'm not starting over. I'm just continuing, but I gotta, I gotta Mm -hmm. get, you gotta build a level of consistency and discipline to remind yourself. I'm the one, the story that I told myself is that 24 hours restarts the clock and I'm an idiot. The reality is, is that life is continuing. And actually I went 36 hours between workouts. So who says that I missed a day? I'm just continuing, right? So it can, yeah. it's the ability to recognize where I'm at. So for me, those are, those are some quick things on a daily basis I'm looking at to go, how do I keep myself aligned? How do I remember who I am? How do I not get, get all sidetracked and every story is ruining my life? Well, number one, hit the daily five. And number two, like, man, write some things down. If I, can get, if I can get out what's in my head, I can see it. I can remind myself about who I am and what I am pursuing. Man, it allows me to be so much more proactive than reactive. Um, I, I, small, small thing, maybe it's a little more relatable to folks. Like I, I despise when my kids wake me up in the morning. So I purposely okay. like, okay, what time do they get up and how early do I need to get up so that I can wake myself up? Because it triggers yeah. this. I don't know what it is, man. It like triggers this immediate reactivity in my life to where I'm like, 
now, now everything I'm choosing has been a reaction because I had to react to them waking me up because I, I wasn't up. Like I, I didn't get up. Right. And like, it won't, it won't always be that way. They're going to be, they're going to be, I know my kids are seven and five and there'll be a day where like they sleep in and they're not worried about me and they ain't coming to my room and nothing else. And maybe I can sleep in a little bit then. But for now it's like, I got like five forty-five. I got to get up. Like I question, mm -hmm. I ask myself, and this is not about, this is not solely monetary when the, when I say this, like what time do I need to wake up to be wealthy? Yeah. Like, what time do I need to wake up in order to be wealthy? And for me, it's 545 because wealth means re proactive, not reactive. And reactive happens after 545. So I better get up because it changes the day for everything. Huge, man. That's such a, a, a good way to look at it when you're waking up. I'm an early riser. I get up at 4 a.m. every six, six days a week. I usually don't set the alarm on Sundays, but I, I looked at it as if I wake up, I immediately start to stack those wins. One, I'm 43. So if I open my eyes, I'm like, that's win number one. And yep. then I get up and I make my bed. There's two wins already starting to stack the wins, right? But the early morning hours for me, that's when I'm able to have my time. That's when I'm writing those mm. goals, the affirmations like you talked about. Me, I spend time in prayer and, and things like that. Those are the non-negotiables. But I know yep. I got to beat the sun up. I got to beat my kids up. That's the one time that I can have where it's just me. And so people are like, well, why the heck do you wake up for him? It's like my desire to, to be successful in life and as a dad is more important than sleep right now in my life. Like that's, yep. that's my priority is just yep. to be better in those areas. Uh, definitely the the early morning is for me. One of the things that I, I saw on your website, or maybe it was a post, I forget that you did, you, you talked about this thing called the hero effect. Mm. What is this hero effect and how has that impacted you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I um, I mean, I'm, I'm daily fighting, daily fighting, trying to resist the desire to be the hero to my own story. Mm. And what I mean by that is I spent a lot of my life believing that the only way that people were going to love me, care for me, not leave me and trust me is if I could prove to you that my performance was worthy of being trusted. And everything that I did was built on what I could do, what I could perform, what I could accomplish, what I could prove, what, what value could I actually bring to you? Because if I couldn't bring value, then maybe you like everybody else in my life was going to leave. And so I think mm -hmm. for a long time, I, I fought this, I, I shouldn't say for a long time, I am fighting this thing and this desire inside of me that is, um, man, I, I can't be the hero to my own story because ultimately the heroes are remembered most when they die. I mean, I'm not looking to die. I'm looking to live and I'm not knocking heroes. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a play on words for myself. It's a, right. It's a metaphor that helps me understand myself, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna win by myself. I'm not gonna achieve it by myself. I'm not gonna have a great marriage because I did was a great husband. Great marriages are not built solely by great husbands. Great marriages are built by great husbands and great wives who want to have great marriages. So like, it's not a great, great, great fathers are not built solely by great fathers because I have a great father, but the son was not involved in the father's life, and therefore, how could he actually be a great father without a son? Like, there is something in a part of everything that we are doing that is directly correlated to our ability to engage and create and build a level of community with others. And so, for me, the idea of the hero has to die is that it's a daily death for me to be able to say. You got to put the ego, man. You got to put the pride. You got to put that desire to be number one to everyone's going to love you. They're going to like, I remember I, I, I walked away from a teaching pastor job when I was 27, the church I was at a church of three or 4,000. I was going to teach 26 weekends a year. Um, you know, I'd never been to seminary. They were going to cover seminary for me, pay me a great salary. Hey man, you just get on stage and do your thing. I had a faux hawk one <laughs> tattoo. Like I was living it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like in that time, I just remember thinking like, I want to get off stage and I want security to stand behind me and I want people to shake my hand and say, dude, you're incredible. And secondly, mm -hmm. I thought about teaching about God. That's a really terrible reason to be on stage. And so yeah. I had to take a second to go, okay, hold on. That's the hero on stage. 
who's trying to make sure that everybody sees him, knows him, likes him, and loves him. I got the hero's got to die. I got to recognize that I have been made and designed and created in such a way that I believe I not only am I a, a reflection of a piece of the image of God Himself, but I'm also wildly unique and extraordinary and equally valuable to every other person on earth. And therefore, I am not your hero. I'm not your hero at all. But I do have a very significant role to play in life. But if I'm going to do that well within the context of community and people around me, then the hero's got to die. And you got to figure out yeah. how you're going to use the people around you in such a way that you're going to communicate and be in a communal effect that I believe that you and me together are better than either me or you by ourselves. And so mm. the hero can't show up and then tell everybody else to do what he says. The hero's got to die so that Rocky can show up and get with Eric and they can actually accomplish the thing they've set out to accomplish. Wow, man. I love that perspective, man. It's, I think... I've definitely played that, you know, the hero and, and want to put God behind me and let me be the forefront of everything right in my past, in my life many, many times, man. So many times. Uh, with a few minutes left, I, I know that you are the founder of Wiser Sons, which is really cool, man. Looking through the website, it just looks like just this awesome thing there. For those who don't know, what is Wiser Son and, and why did you decide to start this thing? Yeah, I mean, for me, like I've 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 always kind of been looking at like, Man, there's a, people I care about, people that I know, people I see, like sp specifically men. And I think for me uh, early on and, and, and longing kind of for that relationship with my father and longing for that relationship with other men around me. And I, and I kind of always, I always kind of felt like I was on fast forward, right? Like, it's like somebody put the fast forward button on my life and my spiritual walk and my faith and my journey. And it was like, man, if anybody hits play at regular speed, I'm doomed. And I think really from what we were talking about just now about the hero effect of going, if the hero dies, then what? And so Wiser Sons has been a, kind of a project I've consistently been working on where we're actually in the process now of kind of getting it, bringing it back to life, if you will, to really go, wait a second, man, there's so many of us, I believe out there, men, good men who are looking for support, looking for a community, looking for a place to know they, they belong and they can show up fully as themselves and good, bad, indifferent, right, wrong. Uh, the reality is, is they all have worth. We all have value. And I believe we need a place to be able to show up, to be able to see that on all sides, to be affirmed and confirmed in who we are and given the energy and the gusto to get out there and to do it again. And so, you know, I, um, I have found that a lot of times, uh, every time I have asked if someone wants to be a part or join something, the reality is, is that the answer is yes, they just haven't been asked. And sometimes it just requires mm -hmm. some of us out there to be the initiator. And Wiser Sons was simply a project of feeling a calling, saying there's something out there in need. And so I don't know what it looks like and what I'm going to do, but I'm willing to say yes. And I'm willing to say, let's start and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Oh, man, I think it's such a need. A lot of men, including myself, I, I do long for that relationship with, with other men that we can be vulnerable about just life and what's mm -hmm. going on and things like that, man. That's such a huge need. Massive. I love to finish the show with a fun question. I, I'm a big fan of music. So that's the question. Like, what's a favorite band for you? Favorite type of music that you like to listen to? Oh, man. Okay. So I'm probably going to throw a curveball here. Okay. So. One is love, like love me just some good, probably like um, early nine, uh, late nineties, early two thousands hip hop. Like it just, it just, that's just like okay. when I was like in my prime, you know what I'm saying? That's like junior high, high school, like yeah. living my best life in a Camaro, <laughs> getting pulled over. Like I can say that it takes me back. But honestly, like I am a big, big um, people, people make friends, make fun of me all the time. There's a, there's a band called Sleeping At Last. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud to you, Eric. You're drawing it out of me, but it's very like chill like ethereal, not pump you up music at all. And I, it, if I'm listening okay. to something, it's either going to be something that is like, I can't control myself because I am vibing so hard or it's like, hey, 
pump the brakes, get in the zone, get your mind. Like I will go and do lower body at the gym and I just got the in the background. And I'm just like, totally, it's not what you think is going on in there. It's what's going on in there. But I, I think for me, I tend to find with music, those two things. I, I, I like the intensity. I like the extreme. Nobody should be surprised by that at this point in the episode. And so I think for me, it's that yeah. I'm either like all in, I'm straight bangers or like, Hey, get me in the zone so I can totally be calm and chill. And those are typically the two places I like. Oh, so good, man. I'm the same way. Like I love the, the jam music. I'm a, I'm more of a rocker, but love the old school hip hop, you know, Wu-Tang, Outkast, you know, Tupac, all those guys. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, but when I get into the zone where I need to like be reading or really get my brain thinking, I actually turn on the Tron soundtrack and it's just this chill sort of like beats, right? No lyrics. That's what helps me really get in the zone and concentrate tons. So Man, Rocky, thank you so much for this conversation, dude. You absolutely brought it, dude. You're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for sharing. And man, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Man, absolutely. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. And I uh, greatly, greatly appreciate having the conversation with you today. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.